Hi friends, Lucy here. Please make sure you're following or subscribing to our podcast on your platform of choice. Also, please take a minute to review and rate our podcast. This helps us to gain more followers and show up in more searches. In this way, we can help more people. Thank you so much for what you are doing in your life to help those around you. You are essential. Hey friends, Lucy here for Nourishing the Essential. I wanted to talk to you about meal planning today and some of the most important things that you can do to stay under budget and still eat healthy, even if you're using programs like a food pantry or um, a nutrition assistance programs such as SNAP or anything like that. Um, I think sometimes if we are looking at a really tight budget, we often are like, okay, great. Well, how am I going to be healthy about this? I think the first thing that we want to think about is what kind of eater am I and what kind of an eater is my family? So what do I mean by that? So the first thing that I look at is I am typically a three meals a day and one snack kind of a person. So I kind of limit my last meal of the day, but I definitely have a snack mid-afternoon. Um, and my kids in the ages that they are, are three meals a day and two tiny snacks. So now that you know what kind of eater that you are and your family is, then you can determine how big of a meal that you're going to prep for. So that's something that is really helpful in, um, saving money at the grocery store is realizing, am I going to need to prep three full meals a day for my entire family? Am I going to need to also prep two snacks a day for all of my family or just a couple of people? That way you're not just throwing bags of stuff at the food problem. Does it make sense? Like otherwise you're just sitting there going, Oh, I must have snacks in this house. I must have food in this house. We don't have anything. And I often feel like we feel like that a lot. Like, Oh my gosh, there's no food in here. My kids are going to be yelling at me or I'm going to be starving at work, those kind of things. And so when we don't have food, we are like, we just need to throw food at the problem, you know? So the next thing that I would challenge you to do is see what you already have in your cabinet. So this is something that can be really challenging because I feel like when we are low income, we have what I like to call the food panic because we're like, there is nothing in here. It is an old mother Hubbard went to her cupboard situation, but oftentimes we have random things, right? Like, okay, there's a bottle of ketchup in here. There's a bag of dry beans in here. So the first thing that you should do is go to your cupboard and see what is actually there. Catalog what you have and take a breath because chances are you have one or two items, whether it's a weird half of a onion that has, you know, one side has gone rotten and one side is good. Save it, write it on your list, take a breath. That is the next part of your prep that you're going to do. So now that you have determined that you might have a few items to start with, now you need to make a food budget. So what you want to look at is even if you're not sure how long that food is going to actually have to last you, you can balance that out. You can balance that out by buying um, items like dried beans and legumes and rice that are going to be shelf-stable items that are not in a can, are healthy items, and that definitely last a long time. So as you're looking at your budget, think about it this way. You want to stay under budget and provide yourself a teeny cushion for the next round. 
What happens if there's an ice storm and you can't get out of the house? What happens if your paycheck is delayed because of some processing error? These are the things that cause people that are living paycheck to paycheck to overdraft, to have, you know, six months of frustrating junk that comes of one, you know, misstep. I get that. I've been there. Um, So you want to have just a teeny cushion. And by that teeny cushion, things like your rice and your beans, those things are items that you can make that it might not be like everybody's favorite thing, but like if you can't get out, you got food and you're not going to be scrambling and like trying to buy DoorDash with like what the three bucks you got left. I understand that. That is a good thought to have as you're getting in your budget and you're starting to make a list. You want to try and make a list that has a balance of your fresh items and some shelf-stable items um, that can tag you over if you need it and that also are going to make a good and healthy meal. So something to think about with your fresh items. It's very difficult for us to think fresh and our dollar going a long way because we've just been advertised to... This is the box food is convenient and it's cheap. Well, it's certainly not healthy. And although it might be cheap to buy a dollar thing of macaroni and cheese, let's look at where those items are on the glycemic index. And if you're not familiar with that, I encourage you to go back to the episode called the number one way to feel fuller longer. If you're eating within this glycemic index, then you're not going to have your pancreas pumping out insulin going, whoop, I'm hungry again, whoop, I'm hungry again. So if you're eating a balanced diet, those meals are going to last you. There's going to be less in between snacks. So be thinking about that as you are making your grocery list. So next, what you're going to do is you're going to write out the meals and the snacks that you would like to have. So here's how I do this. I don't necessarily do this day by day. Like usually, I mean, it kind of depends. Like if I have a health thing that I need to focus on, I'm going to do, like I'm going to meal plan breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. So if I, like you guys know, I have polycystic ovarian syndrome and sometimes my hormones can get a little off track and like I need to be super, super focused on like, hey, how much sugars am I having? And I don't mean even added sugars, like I just, I need to focus on that. And that's me personally. So maybe you have something like that and I would encourage you to write it out on Monday. I'm going to have oatmeal and this and this and this and this is going to be my dinner or whatever. But if you are not focusing on a health concern and you are just just now starting to do a list and you've never done it before, I would encourage you to just do it this way. I would encourage you to be like, what breakfast foods do I like? And then write out what you're going to buy. Like, okay, now you've got all your breakfast foods written down. Now make sure that you have the number of days For example, if you are a person who likes to eat eggs every morning, that's me. And right now, like we're all like, (laughs) eggs are so expensive. But if you if you like to have eggs every morning, and you know that you have two eggs every morning, tally up the number of eggs that are going to be eaten in your household and make sure you write eggs, two cartons or eggs, one carton so that you know. So now that you've got those like breakfast, snacks, whatever. Now you can start with your recipes. So you do not have to be complex here, friends. It does not take a big fancy recipe to be a healthy meal. A lot of times, like I will see 
um, food bloggers making these like super like exorbitant, beautiful salads. Hey man, I love a great salad with a million ingredients. Um, am I going to pay for that when I have a real low budget? Absolutely not. I'm going to stick to my greens. I'm going to put some, you know, other vegetables on there. I'm going to put the stuff in and call it a good meal, right? Um, I love avocado. I live it. Great healthy fats, great for your mind and your body, all the things. However, I'm not buying it when I'm broke. Like, I'm just not, y'all. So, like, stick to things that you know you can afford and it doesn't have to be complex. So, don't be making that, you know, 15-layer salad that you saw on the amazing, you know, Instagram post. Be making something simple. So, if salad is, you know, not your jam, like, that's not what you're having at lunch and you're a sandwich person, okay, like, take a look at your ingredients, okay? You're going to need to look at your shelf-stable ingredients. You're going to need to look at what's in that sandwich bread. Now, I'm telling you, for us as a family, we have um, MTHFR, and so we do not buy sandwich bread. Um, Usually, I make it um, because it is cheaper for us to make our bread because we have to avoid ingredients like um, non-organic baking soda and baking powder because of the process that they are made. They contain a high level of aluminum, which I will be doing an aluminum podcast upcoming. So if that's you, please stick around for that and be looking for it soon. Um, But if you have no nutritional concerns about your sandwich bread, just look at it and just look at the sugar content. Obviously, you're going to look at your buck and you're going to be like, am I going to pay a dollar for this cheap sandwich bread that has a ridiculous amount of added sugars in it and high fructose corn syrup is the first ingredient? My friends, I'm telling you, if you're on WIC, the sandwich bread is high fructose corn syrup. It's the number one ingredient in your bread and mostly your peanut butter. So you need to go look at those items and be like, okay, if this is a free item, I need to get it or do I have another option? So example, like on WIC, you have, you can get rice or oatmeal, which is, I don't know if that's the choice now. Every state is like a little bit different and you know, your brands are different, whatever they are contracted with. So just just take a minute and look at what you have and see how you're going to use it. If it was me and I had bread that was free, I'd be like, right, okay, I'm going to use this as like a treat. So we're going to make... Um, I don't know, like cinnamon bread, you know, as a dessert. Like I'm not going to use it as my sandwich bread for my lunch because I know that it's chocolate block full of sugar and in five seconds I'm going to be hungry again. So the money that I just spent on the lunch meat or the, you know, the whatever hummus and veg that I'm going to put on my sandwich, well, that's really not going to do me any good, right? I've just basically flushed that money down the drain. So you can make healthy choices in that while staying under budget. And if you are looking at your glycemic index while you're while you're planning, chances are your grocery budget is going to go longer. So now that you've got your breakfast and your snack and your lunch, now we can talk recipes. Okay. We're finally here. Recipes. So now this can be a challenge because we want to make recipes for our family that are wholesome and good and, you know, comforting, all the things. But sometimes we have, you know, a lot of different dietary needs in our families and 
let's just be very honest. Sometimes our kids are going through a phase. Now, one thing that I will remind you is the science of food for kids is 15 times on the plate, 15 times on the tongue, 15 times to eat it. So, hey, if they smell it, they don't throw it across the table at you. They don't like chuck it off their plate. That's a win, my friends. It's a win. So we can talk about more about that later. But um, just continue to put healthy things on their plates, y'all. Um, even if it's small amounts, like it's, it's good for them. And what they see you do is what they are going to do. So, you know, having Kentucky fried chicken and telling them to eat a salad. Well, they're, they're not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like they're going to eat what you're going to eat. What mom and dad do, that's what they're going to do. Um, so when you are making your recipes, um, Obviously, you want a recipe that is minimal ingredients. So um, I definitely am going to be posting some some recipes here soon. You can find several um, three to four ingredient recipes on my Instagram. Um, and that's just nourishing the essential. Um, and I'm going to be posting more through the year. But um, I try and save them in my highlights tab under recipes or cooking. Um, and that way you guys have some like easy things. Now, if you guys are looking at your recipes, A, double check your ingredients. B, put all the ingredients together. So after you've gotten your, I want these meals together, now it's ingredient time. So now you're going to be looking at all the ingredients. So you're going to go through breakfast. You're going to go through snack. If you're making, you know, special snacks, like I like, I make bars for my kids um, instead of buying them at the store because they're cheaper and they're healthier. Um, and I, I have posted that recently. So check that out if you guys are looking for like a homemade snack bar. Um, and then like you're going to make all your ingredients for your dinner. So you're going to take that list. Then you're going to write down each ingredient. This is going to save you gas money because you're not going to have to go back to the store because you're not going to forget 15 things. Hopefully, hopefully, right? And it's okay if you do. You're going to get better at it. You're going to get better. It just takes practice, my friends. So now that you have each ingredient laid out on this list, now you can see what your budget is really looking like. And if you're going to need to adjust, like, okay, perhaps you are not going to make chicken parm and the, you know, taco casserole on the same budget. Perhaps you need to make chicken parm and like do more low key, like just some vegetables, some potatoes kind of a thing for the rest of your week. It's okay to fluctuate like that. And if you don't get it right the first time, that's why we're doing this, man. That's why we're making this list is because we're going to get better at it. So when you're making that ingredient list, you also want to try and make sure that they overlap. So let's talk about how we can do that in a recipe. Okay. So one of the things that I would do a lot, um, especially at the beginning of marriage was, um, you know, we went through a time where we were like, we can only buy, you know, food a couple of days at a time. Um, and that was, um, actually really enlightening to me because I could say like, okay, for two of us, I can have one jar of tomato sauce, let's say, and I can use it for spaghetti, one meal, and then I can use it for a homemade pizza, the next meal. So you can do stuff like that as you look at your recipes. So um, like, let's say, for example, that you're wanting to make a recipe that calls for basil and that's not in your spice cabinet. 
Okay, so the most cost-effective thing that you're going to want to do is either wait until the next round if you're lower budget, or you can take um, that recipe that calls for basil and you can say, okay, I need to find a second recipe that calls for basil and that will justify the purchase of the basil. Um, and uh, like if it's a common ingredient, that's pretty easy, right? Like basil goes in a, in a lot of things. However, if you're a newer cook, I would definitely remind yourself like, hey, I'm not going to tackle too much. Just going to get the things that I need that are basic and like, okay, this time I'm going to buy pepper. This time I'm going to buy salt. Next time I'm going to buy basil. I mean, space it out. Like my spice cabinet did not happen in a day, a week, or a month at all. I also definitely encourage you to uh, research your spices um, before you purchase them so that you do make a good purchase. There are, there's a lot of information out there, um, but a lot of spices um, from different manufacturers can have high traces of mold or lead. Um, and you just want to look at that. Like you don't want to see the label that says organic and think like, oh, that's the best plan. Well, you know what? Like, yes, I want to eat organic as much as possible, but some of those brands, higher lead content, not going to pay for it, friends. So um, just remember that... Um, <laughs> This is going to sound horrible, but it's the truth. Um, as low-income um, people, we are expected not to do our research, and we're just expected to do as we're told. I mean, that's that's honestly the truth, friends. So let's we we know better. When we know better, we do better. So let's do our research on those. So you want to overlap your ingredients so that you're not spending so much on your meal. Um, so things that go together, like if you have a big batch of pasta, if you can buy a large bag of pasta, um, you can get a large bag of pasta and say at the beginning of your week, you can make pesto bean pasta, super easy, super kid friendly. If your kids like garlic, you can make it less or more cheesy or garlicky. I have that recipe up, um, on the Instagram. It's, it's three ingredients. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Um, and then, you know, maybe at the end of the week, you're going to make regular old pasta. Maybe some, you know, spaghetti. Um, some spaghetti with mushrooms if you have the extra. You know what I'm saying? Um, so just easy things to replicate. Like, okay, we have pasta. We can have it twice a week. How can we differ it so that nobody's bored and also we can stay on budget? So as you're going through your ingredients, just see where you can double up. Oh, I can buy a bigger bag of pasta and it's cheaper. Now we're going to talk about pricing and stores. Okay, so if we're talking about pricing, there's some different ways to look at this. So the first thing that we want to think about is how far away from the store are you? Are you having to do public transportation? And are you driving your own car? What cost does it look like to get to where you want to go? Something that I think we often forget is like, oh, I, you know, the store's really cheap but it's 30 minutes away. Okay, well, does it justify the means of driving the 30 minutes? That can be, you know, any any way you think about it. Budget, mental health. I mean, let's be real honest. I If I'm going to put two kids in the car to drive for 30 minutes, it better be like a complete steal and it better not use up all my gas and all my mental resources. Just think about that as you're thinking like, oh, this is a cheap store. Also, is it a cheap store because you've been told it's a cheap store? 
Have you really taken time to look at the prices? So like, um, marketing, it's a job. It's a great job. I mean, I do it, right? I market my podcast. Hey, y'all listen to me. I've got some good ideas. I want to help you out. Um, marketing is a real job for real people that are created to get you to do something. And in this case, buy something, right? Um, I, I, <laughs> I worked for Walmart for a really long time. So like save money, live better, right? That's the slogan. So we're like, yeah, of course we're going to save money. So it's a Walmart, but is it in your town with the options that you have? Is it the cheapest? Aldi, we can go there. We can buy in bulk. Is it something we're going to use? Is it actually cheaper or am I going to have to drive? For me, I don't go to Aldi very often because it's a complete opposite side of town. It means I'm going to have to load two kids up, burn out the gas to get down there. So at that point, it's no longer cheaper for me on most things. Sometimes I will do that, but I have to be honest with you, I haven't been to Aldi on a, any kind of regular basis for many, many years. Um, so think about that as you're deciding on your store. Sometimes we just don't have an option, right? The store is the store is the store with this is where we can get to and this is what it's going to be. And if that's the case, don't fret because you can still make informed decisions and stick to your budget. Just might be a little bit more difficult, but that's okay. Just look at it as a challenge. All right, let's talk about coupons. So, Here's the deal. Coupons can be awesome. So two stores in particular that come to mind when I think coupons are Kroger and if you're in Texas, H-E-B. They have great coupons. However, I want to remind you, be a thoughtful consumer. So what this means is if you have on your list that you are going to buy three cans of beans, let's say, And you see that H-E-B or Kroger or wherever you're shopping at has a deal where if you buy these three kinds of beans, then you get all these extra things with it. Okay, here's the thing. While it might save you money, take a look at your list. Remind yourself of your budget. See if you can make some swaps and it can still come under budget. I will tell you from experience It is better to make that decision from your house while looking on the grocery shopping app or their website before you go instead of in the store impulsively. Here is why. If you get out your calculator, which I encourage you to do when shopping, you will find that sometimes it's not as good of a deal as you might think at first glance because usually... Not always, but usually there's going to be boxed items in there. So like, for example, I remember um, 4th of July weekend, let's say um, the grocery store would have a deal and it would be like hot dogs, buns, baked beans, potato salad, and a thing of chips and like a soda. And it, that's a good deal. Like if you're buying for a barbecue and you're doing like the, you know, like the junk food type food, like, yes, like do something like that. Like that's helpful for you. However, our family ate all of these, well, we ate four of these items, not six of these items. So at that point, it's like, I'm not, why am I going to pay for that? Because then once you sit here and calculate and do the math, it's no longer affordable for us. Just make that decision before you go if you can. So with couponing, 
You also want to be careful not to be lured into buying things that you are not actually going to use. Yes, you might get points. Yes, it might be a great item to cushion your next, you know, grocery purchase like we talked about. However, make it a decision in your budgeting and your meal planning, not an impulsive couponing thing at the grocery store. Do that once you're more experienced because you'll be able to catch where you're going to spend more money quicker than when you're first starting out. Um, I mean, there's been many times that I've gotten to the register and been like, whoa, that's a lot more than I really thought it was. That's a lot more. And usually it's because I was doing those things. Like I was getting a few of those items thinking like, oh yeah, this is going to be a great, great deal. Nope. Get out your calculator, but most importantly, decide before you get there. Okay, friends, so that is a snapshot of how I meal plan, how I have meal planned in the past. You can do it. It's really not that hard. Just giving you some things to consider so that as you um, grow as a cook and, you know, as you plan healthy meals for yourself and for your family, you can remain under budget. You can be a conscious consumer. You can figure out what is best for you and for your household and you can do it by using food pantry items and you know items that are on snap and wick and other subsidy programs we're going to talk more about um cooking out of a food pantry on here i want to encourage you if you are eating out of a food pantry take all those things that you learned about um starting with items that you have and just be encouraged because you food is food so if you have it and it's not the healthiest ingredient, but you need to use it, there are ways to do it. There are ways to do it. Think about the glycemic index. Think about how you can make, you know, your bread items some treats. You're going to do great. You're already here trying to learn and see what the next step is. So you're making great decisions, right? You're making decisions for yourself on how to plan better. And when we plan better, we have more time, more resources, and a healthier lifestyle. So you can do it. You can do it. Keep doing what you're doing. You are essential.